Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Acts 1.14, we're in a series, this third part of a series called Pray It In. And, uh, you know, I really believe that the Lord is speaking a word to us that is raising the water level in the church right now. I, I, you know, it's amazing how many people I'm hearing come up to me going, this, this, this thing about prayer is landing with me and it's making me want to pray more in all these different contexts. And so, you know, I know that I've been to some powerful prayer meetings uh, during this last week. It's just been incredible. Around here, I'm leading one on Wednesday mornings. Feel free to come. And it was packed out, you know, just loud. We said, okay, go and blah, you know, and there's times for quiet prayer meetings. And we do those sometimes more reflective. But that one just on Wednesday morning, 630 was loud and ready to go from the get go. It's kind of fun. And it's encouraging. I think you guys, uh, we encourage each other and you're encouraging me to want to do more of this. Let's, let's Lord fan the flame, raise the water level of the spirit. And so, uh, just to review through this series real quick, the first one, first week we talked about the power of prayer, and we looked at the life of Jesus and the prayers of Jesus. Then the last week, second week, we talked about learning to pray it in from Jesus. And so we talked about three kind of key areas that the Lord wants us functioning in in our prayers, to pray it in with authority, to pray it in with faith, and to pray it in with perseverance. And then this week, we're talking about praying it in together. That's going all through this whole series, but the Lord really is calling us not to just be isolated monks in a, you know, hidden away somewhere, but to come together and pray stuff in in the name of Jesus together. Just, it's powerful when we pray together. There's so much blessing in it to see what it looks like, to see answered prayer. Um, I just, I love it. I've got a good friend over in Arlington named Tom Grossman, and, and he says what he wants to, and he leads prayer meetings all the time. And he said what he wants to see is an enjoyable, joyful, worship-based prayer. That's pretty good, like joyful, worship-based prayer. And what what it communicates is that prayer is an exciting thing to do. It's not a bummer. And I just, can I just go ahead and get on record? We don't want to keep bummer prayer meetings going. We'll, 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 and that goes away and we'll get one that's life-giving going. And I don't know what the, you know, when you get a little looping base hit uh, uh, over the second baseman's head, I, I thought it was called a Texas leaguer. And nobody in second service knew that. And it's when the, the te- Texas leaguer. Okay, so there we've all been informed. The, the intelligence has just rised, raised up a bit. But so the Texas leaguer is when the batter takes a swing and he gets kind of just under the ball just a little bit. And it just, he kind of just loops it over the second baseman's head and the right fielder's running in and they, whoop, and it falls. Now, we don't want to do prayer meetings like that very often. We want to get back up here and we want to whack, you know, and jack it and put the barrel of the bat on the ball. I don't know. <laughs> Does this work? I don't know. Um, baseball. Somebody said, do hockey or do something. We'll do a different one next time. That was so, so. But, there are hindrances to us coming to the place of prayer. There's hindrances. There's resistance to us doing this. And the enemy's involved in that. Some of it's just built into our world right now. Our schedules, time, uh, that kind of stuff. 
but also even our worldview. And I touched on this last week, but I just want to say one more time, our worldview in a scientific, rationalistic, since the Enlightenment, is, you know, it's got to be verifiable, science, touch, taste, feel, smell, you know, what I can prove scientifically. And I want to say that worldview is a different worldview than Jesus had in the first century in Palestine. So where he casts out a demon from somebody, nobody's arguing about whether or not the person had a demon. Now, over here in our worldview, we're going, well, you know, that was probably could have been a psychosomatic illness going back to when they were six or so. It was un, undealt with anger and stuff. And, and like, no, it's not There's demonic is, is real stuff. And so he cast the demon out of people. That was overdone a bit. I'm just trying to make a point. But, but uh, so, so Jesus cast the demon out of the people. They're not saying he's got a psychosomatic illness. They're, they're totally agreeing. Now they said, hey, he did this by the power of the devil and not by the power of God. And so that's part of the resistance that we have. But here's another deal. We need to come together in prayer because we need the wisdom of God in order to know how to apply this to our lives. You know, if I look at this as a straight rule book, I'm going to be in trouble pretty quick. If all this is is a rule book, then like which one of those back here in this part am I supposed to apply when? I mean, even Colossians or Ephesians, these letters were written 2,000 years ago to a certain people in a certain time in a certain place, and we need the wisdom from God, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and that's what happens when we come together, and He shows us what to apply when and where the situation is that we're at right now, and how do we move forward? I mean, the moving forward thing is enough in and of itself to want to, to get me to prayer. We move forward when we pray. We don't move forward when we don't pray. We move forward when we pray together. And it's hard for us to really, even as a church, to, if we're not praying together, if we don't have people coming together and being excited about the place of prayer together, it's hard for us to move forward like God wants to lead us in moving forward. You know, part of how we got here, uh, you guys, is out of prayer meetings. The church was started in a prayer meeting. It, it just We'd been praying, and then the Lord gave us this vision. We want to be this church like we read about in the book of Acts. And He started giving us language for what it was going to look like. And uh, so it grew out of a prayer meeting. Uh, we were praying about moving down here to Fort Worth. Out of a prayer meeting, this we started getting a word about moving down to Fort Worth. And, and uh, if you're visiting with us, those were, that was a, we'd already been going. We started in 93. But in 02, we moved down here and, and uh, the challenge was that we felt like was from the Lord. Hey, you may never sell your home and move as a missionary to Thailand, but will you cons- we had a team going to Thailand at the time. But will you sell your home and move with us as missionaries to Fort Worth? And that's how a couple hundred people came down here to, to Fort Worth. I'm looking at some of them, you know. So, so it was exciting. It, it's not all glory and glamour. There's some hard stuff in that too. But, uh, but that was a prayer meeting. We, uh, I shared a, a week or two ago about praying for this building. We were praying for a headquarters for a church planting movement. We felt like that was the word. And we began praying for a building, you know, and that grew out of a prayer meeting. And that took us a while to pray that in because that wasn't, hadn't been a part of our vision. And, and the list goes on and on. We've prayed about marriages, about broken relationships, about healing and deliverance and salvation and people coming into the kingdom of God, us expressing the kingdom of God, us expressing the will of heaven on the earth, the life and the love and the joy and the peace, all that stuff that we would be that kind of people. 
here in our city and that it would touch from this city to the nation and the nations of the earth. All of that flowing out of prayer. Big deal. So today, we're going to take it a step further and look at the, the church in the, the, the early church. And here's the main thing. And then we're going to apply that to our lives here in Fort Worth. Here's the main thing. God's calling us to catch a vision for praying together and live in the joy of seeing the kingdom come through our prayers. And there's joy in that, man. I, I love it and uh, want, to, want to spread it. I want to spread that joy. I want to spread that uh, passion for being in God's presence and praying stuff in. So here we go. What will it look like? Let's look at the church in the book of Acts. A bunch of prayer meetings there, and I'll move through them real quickly, but uh, I'm not going to maybe touch on all of them. But Acts chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus died, was raised from the dead on the third day by the power of God, walked on the earth for 40 days, and then He's ascended. And, it, and before ascending, uh, He tells His disciples, wait for power from on high. Stay in Jerusalem. Wait for power from on high. You're going to be clothed with power, He says in Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 8. And so He ascends, <clears throat> and it takes 10 days before Pentecost. But in those 10 days, they go to the upper room and Verse 13 says who the disciples were that were gathered there with them, the apostles. And in verse 14, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And so they are praying. I don't even know that they fully know what they're praying for. They're praying for power. They're praying for the promised spirit. They're praying for God, do whatever it is you're going to do in and through us. I don't know what all those prayers are. But one of the powerful things is just as an apologetic in verse 14, that, that Jesus' mother and his brothers are there in that upper room praying with them, is, it's really powerful when you think about it. Jesus, like they saw him die, and they saw him, talk about an apologetic, like his own mother and his own brother, like brothers aren't going to believe in big brother that was supposedly raised from the dead unless he was raised from the dead. Isn't that powerful? Just like, wow, there they are, they're praying, God, do it, God, let it happen. So Acts 2 comes, the Holy Spirit falls, tongues of fire. And then in Acts 2, 42 to 47, it says, they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, breaking bread, fellowship, and to prayer. And out of that kind of context of devotion to prayer, there's a sense of awe at all that God's doing. There's gladness, sincere hearts, people breaking bread, eating meals together, God's favor on them, God's favor with people. And God is adding to their number daily those who are being saved. I mean, powerful. Then roll the clock forward. Acts 3.1. This a prayer meeting? Yeah. Well, they were trying to get there. Acts 3.1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Going to a prayer meeting at 3 in the afternoon. Two friends hanging out, going to prayer together. And look at what happens on the way to prayer. There's a guy there. At the gate, beautiful. It's the main entrance to the temple. Now, he's been there for years. He's over 40. He's been there for years, and everybody knows him. And one of the powerful things to me, I think about this story, that Jesus would have walked in and out of the gate, beautiful, all the time, going in and out of the temple. But in the providence of God, he doesn't heal this guy. And this guy gets healed when Peter and John walk by. He says, hey, can I have some money? We don't have any money, but what we have, we give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And so he starts, what are the three words? Walking and leaping and praising, walking and leaping and praising God 
first service, I totally blew it. It was jumping and dancing and honoring the Lord. It was just like, and so it's a children's song. We all need to get the words right. It's walking and leaping and praising God. Yeah, amen. So that's going on. And that gathers a crowd around. And some crowd gathers around and they start preaching. They start preaching. And here's what, listen to what some of the sermon is. Down in verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. And by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is in Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that he has been completely healed, as you, as you can all see. And the sermon goes on. It's a powerful sermon. He, Peter gives him this crazy nugget about the eschatological coming of new heavens and new earth when he says Jesus is going to remain in heaven until the time comes for him to come and restore everything. Uh, that's just a nugget just smacked in. You said eschatological. When everything ends, Jesus is going to come and make things right. Isn't that awesome? You know, so the story goes on. This crowd's gathered around. The temple guards are there. And so they arrest Peter and John, and they take them to the Sanhedrin. Again, all of this is on the way to the prayer meeting, right? It's kind of powerful. So they get in front of the Sanhedrin. Again, preach the gospel. You know, God determined this was going to happen, but you killed him. You killed him, but God raised him up from the dead. You know, and there's no other name given under heaven by which mankind must be saved but the name of Jesus. And they were going, whoa, these guys are like strong, authoritative, but they're unschooled, ordinary men. But look at the authority they have on their lives. And so they brought threats against them. Stop speaking in this name. Hey, you decide for yourself, we're going to obey God and not men. And so they threatened them some more and they leave. And guess where they go when they leave the Sanhedrin? To, a, to another prayer meeting, right? Acts 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices in prayer to God and they start worshiping. Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. And then they start praying scripture, which is just an awesome thing to do in a prayer meeting. Just, you can pull it out. I mean, some sections of scripture work better than others. Just throwing that out there. John 14 to 17 is going to be a bigger hit than somewhere in the names in the Chronicles. Abinadab begat Hoshaphat. And Lord, you did all that. Amen. But praying scripture, it's better. It's not like praying the newspaper or praying a novel. You pray scripture, it's solid and weighty. And like you can get going. And you may not even get through the whole thing. But they start praying Psalm 2. Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And then they go on and say, that's exactly what's happened here. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and with the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word 
with great boldness. And I want to just say here, that prayer, I was with Graydon the other day, we were praying about this passage, and, and uh, he goes, wow, they, they're in a prayer meeting, and they pray something, and it's answered by the end of the prayer meeting. And I mean, I've been in prayer meetings where that kind of stuff has happened. We were in one at the last time of prayer and fasting or the time before that, spring last year, fall last year, I can't remember. And, uh, but we were praying, we, this, it was something to do with Kim's dad's estate, and we needed a, break, a, a breakthrough with the bank, and, uh, and we needed something to happen. She was on her way out there, she was driving all the way out to Commerce, and we needed a breakthrough. And so in the prayer meeting, she was gone, she wasn't there. We were praying, we said, Lord, give us this breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Would you give us favor with this bank and allow this thing to happen in Jesus' mighty name? And about 30 minutes later, prayer meeting isn't over yet. I get a call. She said, Jamie, the bank just called. We got, we, you know, they're going to do it. They're going to take care of everything. And I'm going to be able to do what I need to do out there. And I said, all right, thanks. We'll, we'll give praise to God and hang up. I said, hey, y'all stop. And they're praying. Somebody's, I hope. Everything happened that was supposed to happen when I broke into the prayer meeting to give thanks for what God had just done in answering our prayer. Hey, that prayer we just prayed 30 minutes ago, God just answered it. Breakthrough with the bank. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. So they're praying along and they, they ask, God, give us boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform wonders and signs through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. There's the answer to prayer. I also want to just throw in here too, like they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say for everybody, it's like, how many times should we pray for the Holy Spirit? Once? Twice? Is there another third blessing? Or a, like, So these guys had already had Jesus blow on them. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit in John 20. So then in Acts 2, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, tongues of fire, church birth, speaking in tongues, all that. And then, and then in Acts, Acts 4, they're filled with the Holy Spirit again. These filled up with the Holy Spirit people are filled up with the Holy Spirit again. Ephesians says, be filled and keep on being filled. You know, and so how many times? I, I don't know. 900, 10,005. Uh, 20,201, just, I, I need it. Uh, just so everybody knows, just to get this, I'm going to be vulnerable, get this out here in the open. There's basically no times that I come up here to preach that I'm not praying, God, for this ministry that's before me, would you fill me up with your Holy Spirit that I could proclaim Jesus and lift up the name of God and bring honor and, and stir people's hearts to you. There's just, there's just no times I'm really doing that. I'm, I'm asking for that. And literally this morning, I was running a little bit late, and I didn't run in my boots, but I, Josh caught me. I had mentioned that in first service, and he said, no, you weren't running, but you were walking as fast as you could walk, and I was. I was walking as fast as I could walk to get to the prayer meeting and just to be there with everybody, presence of God, and to have people lay hands on me and say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just for everything you need for the preaching today, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's free. That's just because it was there. So keep rolling on the prayer meetings. Acts 6, uh, the apostles, they're getting, there's, there's a lot of need with widows and things, and so they appoint some servant leaders in the church, uh, deacons and deaconesses, and uh, actually just deacons at that time, um, but um, uh, servant leaders to help with these different assignments so that the apostles could give themselves to the ministry of prayer and to the ministry of the Word, right? That's good. I mean, I want to there's all kinds of things that 
we have all these different roles in the church and do stuff, but man, I don't want to get so busy with stuff that I'm not giving myself to prayer, to the ministry of the Word. Acts chapter 12, uh, Herod arrests Peter. What does the church do when Herod arrests Peter? They go gather up at Mark's house and they start having a prayer meeting. God, release Peter in the name of Jesus. Set him free in Jesus' mighty name. Set him free. And so an angel comes, releases Peter, gates the prison are open. He runs out or walks out, however. Gets over to the house, knocks on the door. Girl comes to the door. Y'all remember this story? Girl comes to the door and it's like, it's Peter. She goes back. She didn't even let him in. And she goes back, Peter's here. And so they come and they see him and everybody embraces. They thank God for the answered prayer. He goes and hides. Acts chapter 13, next chapter, down in Antioch, the, they're having a prayer meeting, a bunch of the leaders in the church having a prayer meeting. They're praying and fasting and seeking God. And in the context of the prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And out of that prayer meeting, then they lay hands on them and they send Barnabas and Saul out on the first missionary journey. Isn't that powerful? It's out of a prayer Like all of this stuff is prayer meeting stuff. Acts chapter 14, Paul is in Lystra. He's just done a miracle, and people want to offer sacrifices to him. This is bizarre, but they, they, they wanted to offer animal sacrifice to him. He's like, no, don't do that. God did this. God did this. <clears throat> and some Judaizers came, and they stirred the crowd up against uh, Paul. And just, I mean, moments later, they stone him. They literally... they. They stone him and they put whatever you do with. I just want to say, uh, stoning in the ancient context, I mean, that's a, that's a way that people killed people. Like they knew what they were doing and, and it wasn't just, we think he's dead maybe, but I mean, dropping big stones on his head and it's violent and gruesome kind of way to die. But they, they take him outside, they leave him for dead. And then the believers come. And I'm reading between the lines here a little bit, but the believers come and they gather around him and then Paul gets up. So I, I, the thing I'm seeing is, I just want to say, I think that was another prayer meeting. I think, I think they didn't just kind of gather around him, but I think they said, God, Paul can't be dead. We need Paul. We, we need Paul to continue the mission and all that he's doing. Raise him up in the name of Jesus. Now that's some license there, but I mean, they gather around him and then boop, he gets up. Isn't that bizarre? Seriously. It's like, heaven can wait if you've ever saw that movie. And don't take any theological cues from it if you decide to watch it. It's pretty, jack it's pretty jacked up. Hollywood has such a, has such a I'm going to get back to this, but Hollywood has such a way of polluting our minds with, so it's basically Warren Beatty in that movie is in sweats and he walks through dry ice up to his knee, knees, kind of a smoky dry ice thing, and that's heaven. Can I just say that heaven's going to be so much better than walking around in dry ice with your sweats on? It's going to be awesome. The last one, Acts chapter 16. Paul's been, uh, been given a vision to, by this Macedonian guy. Come and help us. And so he gets over to Macedonia and he goes to Philippi. And there, from there, he and uh, Silas, they go out to the river where they think they're going to find a place of prayer. And they do. They find a place of prayer. They find some women there and they find a lady named Lydia. They lead her to the Lord. And her and her whole household come to the Lord. And then they go and they start having church in Philippi. That church gets planted in Lydia's house. 
That's how that church planting thing happened. So then from there, on another time, they're going back out. You see how going to a prayer meeting is an important thing. So they're going to a prayer meeting again out by the river. And this demonized girl says, I know who you are. You know, you're from God and all this stuff and starts calling stuff out. And Paul turns around and gets frustrated with her and casts the demon out of her. But the guy who owned her, she was a slave, the guy who owned her gets ticked off because now she didn't have the demon anymore and she can't tell people's fortunes anymore. And so he has Paul and Silas thrown into jail where they are praising God and praying and worshiping the Lord at midnight just like we all would be doing. Amen? Praising God. And then there's an earthquake. The doors of the jails fly all open. The jailer's about to kill himself on his sword. And Paul says, don't do it. And the guy says, what do I do? What do I do to be saved? And he says, believe on the Lord Jesus. You and your whole household will be saved. And he does. And they do. And their whole family's baptized right there in the spot that night. Now, all that's prayer meeting, prayer meeting related kinds of stuff. That's what's going on in the book of Acts. So let's bring that up into the present, right? Get it up into the present. What will it look like for praying together in Fort Worth? Uh, what will it look like for us to see this kind of prayer and praying? And the point isn't that we do everything exactly the way they did it then. And, and here's why. They had situations, stuff was happening, you know, different stuff's going to be happening with us. But there are some principles uh, about how we do that. And what I mean by you don't just do everything exactly the same. Like they prayed in the upper room. You don't have to just be in an upper room in order to pray. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. So, like, I had an old friend, and uh, he told me a story about this country church he'd gone to one time, and uh, because of what it says in Matthew 26, says, after they had sung a hymn, they went outside. And so, little church, 40, 50 people, they sung a hymn, everybody gets up out of the pews, goes outside for a bit, come back in, hymn number two, 398. Sing, that's That's weird. We, we don't want to do that. Everybody, that's weird. And so, so it's not about the upper room, but it's about the fact that they joined together in prayer. They were in one accord in prayer. They joined together constantly. Like prayer was the language. Prayer was the way they breathed. Prayer was the way they moved forward together. That's, that's what we want to be about. We don't, uh, what's another one? Uh, yeah. In our modern lives, we can't meet together every day in the temple courts. Like in Acts 2, they met every day in the temple courts. Like our schedules don't allow for every day together. Now, I, 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 I know a pastor named Dion Robert and uh, pastors a church in Abidjan, Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire. And, uh, and they have this huge, massive church and 90% of the church is unemployed. And so like they really do meet together like every day, you know, and they have like an unbelievably empowered church, but it's part of it's because everybody's available. But we can't do that. So that's one of those things like we can't do every day, but we can go for the that spirit of it, the the awe, the gladness, the meeting together, the glad and sincere hearts, praying for God's favor, praying for favor with uh, the people. And, and another one too there then would be like, uh, the three o'clock prayer meeting. They were going to James and John, going to going to uh, Peter and John, going to pray 
at three. And the point's not three. I don't think three in the afternoon is going to work. It might work for some, some of the college. I've actually done prayer meetings with some of you guys in the middle of the afternoon. But, but for most of us, we're working or whatever. And so, the, and the point's not three in the afternoon. The point is rhythm and routine. Like building in rhythms and routines. Getting some big rocks in the jar of your time and your life so that get the big rocks in so that you're going to do that. So that you're going to pray. So that when a crisis comes, you actually have a place to run to. Your life group, the prayer meeting that you normally go to, whatever it is, those kinds of things. We've got a place to meet and to pray. That makes sense? So the specific situations, they change. But the call, though, is to pray together. The call is to pray it in. And again, whatever it's whatever it is. Whatever you're burdened about. And I'll, I'll say this. Our praying together, when it's shaped by regular rhythms and even by a desire, a burden. I'll, five minutes of praying with burden is better than an hour of sitting around and ho-humming around and having a lame, tired prayer meeting. Come in. If you have, all you've got is five minutes worth of stuff. Pray with passion, pray with faith, pray with authority for five minutes and, and you know, high five and go. It won't be that way. I mean, it, when you, you get a bunch of people that want to pray together, it's good. It's, it's encouraging. And uh, so we're praying for the fullness. Uh, w- wisdom is what we so often need. Again, I already made this point about Scripture, but I, w- I want to just keep coming back to that because we need wisdom in order to to do this. And so we, uh, James tells us, ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Colossians, Paul says, Jesus, ask Jesus. Talk to Jesus. He is the one in whom all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. So we ask, Lord, give us insight. You're the head of the church. Lead us. Lord, help us move forward in this area. And so that's how we move forward. And in times of trial, of course, we want to be praying like that. Let me give you, I'll just wrap this up here. Uh, for years now, I've been keeping a little running list. I'll add some things to it from time to time, but re- these are reasons why we come together for corporate prayer. And the first one, right off the top of the list, is to give God glory. God getting glory. I mean, we want to pray so that we're not just doing stuff around here in the church life where we just Ben comes up with an idea, then James has an idea, or... You know, whoever has an idea, and they're like, oh, okay, let's, let's do that. Now we want to pray stuff in. Whatever the circle of influence is in the church life, we want people praying in. If it's a family, pray it in in your family. If it's a marriage, pray it in in your marriage. If it's a life group, pray it in in your life group. If it's college ministry, pray it in as a team in college ministry. Like, get a hold of, especially the big stuff, get a hold of things, pray things in together. Like, God does, there's, there's authority and there's weight that comes when we do that. And when I say talk about giving God glory, we get joy when we see God answer our prayers. And so it, there's and, and there's joy in His presence. And His presence is the fullness of joy. There's joy there. There's a, that's a motivation. It's joy. But also joy in seeing God answer prayer and leading us forward. So another one is to fulfill God's purpose. You know, we are called... In Ephesians 3.10, in Christ, the eternal purpose of God. That's who we are as the church. And so we want to pray that purpose in. Another one is we want to express God's reign. We want to express God's victory, God's reign, God's defeat of the enemy. 
And so we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, expressing his reign. Uh, another one is we want to release God's power for salvation, for the wooing of the Holy Spirit to come to somebody who needs Jesus. You guys know people who need Jesus. Pray that God, by his spirit, would convict people's hearts so they would see their need for Jesus Christ. That's how it works. That how, that's how it happens to get God's answers. Talked about wisdom already. How about this one? Another reason to obey God. He says, ask, seek, knock, or until now you've not asked for anything. Ask, and it will be given to you, and your joy will be made complete. Pray about stuff. Lord, raise the water level of your activity in our midst in the name of Jesus. Here's a great one. To maintain unity. It's hard to come regularly to a prayer meeting and be disunified with somebody else in that prayer meeting. Just... You're worshiping, you're praying, you're thinking about the, you're thinking about the verse. Uh, if you got something against your brother, you know, stop at the altar, go get it right. Hey, this is, I know it's been clunky, it's been weird. Is there something we can get, get it worked out? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I love you. Hallelujah. You know, we're back to praying in unity. That's why Jesus, the last thing Jesus is praying for is our unity. That we'd be one, that we'd see our oneness, even in the midst of, I mean, look around, just all our diversity. We got all different kinds of backgrounds and stuff, ethnicities and all that, but we're one in Christ. And we gotta pray, we gotta fight, do everything, maintain, 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 keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. It's something that's been given, now we gotta keep it. So we pray for that in the prayer meetings, we pray for that all the time, to receive encouragement. Who's ever been encouraged in a prayer meeting? It's like 50% of the room. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, just, there's just nothing like it. Somebody comes over in a prayer meeting and lays their hand on you and says, hey, I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage you with this. He loves you so much. He sees you, what you're going through right now. I mean, you're like kind of coming back to life. You know, there's encouragement in the place of prayer. To enjoy fellowship. I, you know, breaking bread, apostles teaching, fellowship, prayer. There's something about praying together that allows you to get closer together with your brother and with your sister because you hear their heart being expressed. I feel closer uh, to Betty Jo when I go to the women's prayer meeting and she's the, I feel closer to her because we're praying together. Make sense? So keep going. So to enjoy God, another reason. To train for reigning. We are on the job training right now. To bind and to loose. You know, God wants us binding and loosing things. Uh, uh, help me, Lord. Uh, confidence in decisions. Confidence in decisions is just, I think I've already touched on this, but the more we pray about it and we get peace about it in the place of prayer, the more confident, you know, the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. And, and you get that sense of that when you're praying with other people together. To grow to maturity, I want to grow to maturity. Uh, you know, and if the Lord tarries, 70, 80, 90 years old, however, I want to finish well. That's a reason for praying together with other people. I want to finish. I want to be a young guy that goes the distance. I don't want to go until I'm 50, 60, and you know, peter out, you know, whatever. I want to be, I want to go strong. And I've got uh, fathers in the Lord that have modeled for me. You know, I've, you guys, some of you guys know about Don Finto, but he looks more like Jesus than anybody I've ever met. He'll be 90 this year. He looks like he's been glamour shotted. Every, every time I see him, he's got a glow. He just, he glows. Everybody that knows him, you know exactly what I'm saying. It's like, I think that's why in those old pictures, they did, they did the glow things around people because they were like people that walk with the Lord. 
First time I saw Keith Wheeler, carries the cross, you know that guy at World Mandate. I was standing there with Jimmy, and I was like, what is that? He goes, that's the glory. He, he, he literally had a, just there's like a glow. And so I want to finish. I want us to finish well. To finish well. Look for opportunities, you guys, to pray with each other in the college, young adults, families, youth, whatever the age station is. And just hear me on this. Green light, Antioch, Fort Worth. There's a green light on praying with other people. Just light it up. Let's pray stuff in. Let's pray in the kingdom of God. What, I mean, what if every life group and every team, whatever it is, prayed before every event for the presence of God, prayed that God's will would be done in that event, prayed for the fullness of the Holy Spirit before every single event. Whatever it is that we're doing, wherever we're going. Families. What if every family prayed, you're on your way to church, coming up here, and you pray together as a family? I'm about to leave, and I'm, hey, I'll see you later, and then I stop. been doing this more, more lately. And I'll stop and say, hey, let's go ahead and pray together. And just pray. Pray for her. She prays for me. You know, just what if we do just more of that? Just and you remember it. I'm planting the seed right now. Let this be a little seed. Don't let it get snatched out by the phone or whatever right after. But plant the seed. You're gonna just we're gonna pray more. We're just letting the and, and, and there's no guilt. It's not a. It's not a. We're not trying to ding the hammer and get up to a certain level. There's grace for this. God, the water level's rising on this. Desire is rising. I can sense it. You know, and. One of the huge pieces for vision is, I'm going to say it one more time, is we just need the wisdom of God. Day in and day out as elders, as staff, as college leaders, and on the campus, and in our families, and all around this room, we need God's wisdom that we only can really accurately apply, not by ourselves, not looking at this as a rule book, but as life-giving words that are empowered and ignited by the Holy Spirit who gives us wisdom in the moment and shows us what to do. And that'll, ch- man, that'll change. That'll impact our colleges. It'll impact our workplaces. It'll impact the city and the nation and the nations. Amen. Y'all stand up. Worship team, come on up. Ministry team, come on up. You guys, there is a stirring going on in prayer right now. And uh, it's, I, I think it's a word from the Lord for us. And so on this, this call to ministry, if you're visiting with us, we do this at the end of every service and people come and get prayer. And it's really, it's a powerful time where you can be changed, where we can all be changed because we're praying to a God who answers prayer. And so, you know, if it's, hey, I want to grow in this grace of praying, or it could be, I want to ignite wisdom happening in my life. I mean, we all need this, but some may hear this today and go, no, I really want that. I want to get prayer from somebody. I want somebody to lay hands on me and pray that this would be released in my life, that a hunger for prayer and for praying things in would be released and that I'd, have, I'd start to see corporate prayers of value in my life. And I want to engage in that. Come Wednesday morning, 6.30. Just if it's crazy crowded, we'll open the door. We'll figure it out. We'll move down to the venue. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, but, but Lord, stir this up in our hearts. And I just want to say too, as we're uh, working on prayer like this, know that whatever's going on in your heart and life right now, the struggle, the challenge, could be a relational thing, could be a financial thing, God wants to bring breakthrough there. God wants to 
touch you right where you're at and help you move forward. And it's, it happens in the context of prayer a lot of times. It really does. So, Father, meet us. Just, if there's anyone that needs salvation, to put your faith, to become a follower of Jesus Christ, let today be the day of salvation. It really is. The day of freedom and hope. Come and get prayer. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, Lord, just meet us here. And uh, Lord, bring breakthrough. Raise the water level of your spirit and activity in our midst. Release prayer in our midst. Release hunger and desire. Release wisdom in our midst. In Jesus' name. Release passion for Jesus. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meet us here, Father. Holy is your name. Worthy is your name. Meet us, Lord. Give us everything we need for today. Help us to forgive where we need to forgive. In the name of Jesus. Lord, keep us, save us, help us in our temptations. In the name of Jesus. You have all the power and the glory. It's yours forever and ever. Amen. Amen.